0: to another edition of mr nice guy i'm ben slowey and i'm joined uh this evening by a dubstep uh trap producer uh whose latest song hi ho uh is uh, available for streaming on soundcloud and uh, audius and uh yeah he, he uh is is uh back uh doing doing shows, which is really exciting. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his uh, passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Uh, thank you very much, Deesky. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Man, uh, I'm well. How are you? Not too bad.
1: Busy day, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, what'd you do today? Uh, well, my day starts around... Four thirty in the morning, I wake up, go to my day job, and then I, yeah, I left there and went immediately to the U.S.
0: Cellular store to get my dude. Dude, is do you have to go to bed soon? Uh, is it is it getting close to your bedtime or? Is- <laughs> it is, yeah,
1: yeah, right around. You know, I, I try to eat dinner at four thirty with all the uh, with all the elderly people, and then I head to bed.
0: Yeah, well, so what do you, what do you do? What's your day job?
1: I actually work for my wife's dad, uh, so for my father in law um he owns a yeah he owns a tooling company um called advanced tooling incorporated so i work for him um i do kind of the shipping and receiving stuff office work stuff like that cool hey that
0: that's uh it's good to have uh ties in the right places
1: yeah Um, no it's nice i got the benefits and all that stuff that you know djing sometimes doesn't give you
0: yeah right right yeah yeah it's it's kind of dreary and gloomy again this week you know i was really enjoying the sun the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks uh um, oh yeah but now like there's some flurries in the forecast this, this week come on yeah
1: i know i just heard about that today i'm like we're back at this again really
0: <laughs> it's uh it's rude that's it what is. it is it is why would they toy with us like that and well you know how that is around here mm-hmm. uh it takes a couple attempts at a real spring before uh you're you're totally done with winter mm-hmm. um, I mean I'll take it it's not the end of the world um it's just it was just a really bad February we had this year Like, yeah. the worst February
1: yeah was that the one with all the negative temperatures and
0: stuff oh yep. that was brutal yeah
1: I think I think that's why my parents are moving to Florida now Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. good for them. They finally decided they've had enough.
0: <laughs> well, the bugs are going to be bigger down there, but at least they will get a, a you know um, more year-round uh, temperate vibes. Right, that'll be nice, yeah. uh, and that'll be good for you too because I've heard that the EDM scene in Florida is popping. Oh yeah,
1: yeah! I would love to get
0: down there and do a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just interviewed a guy uh, who came to me from Miami and you saying mm. like you know people love their DJ parties on their yachts and shit a lot oh, of private yeah. gigs so I'm sure a place to make money yeah mm-hmm. yeah that'd be nice <laughs> yeah in due time my friend mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Anthony what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy we talked love and fear passion and creativity and so we've uh we've been facebook friends for a while but um, as far as i know i think this is the first time we've ever actually officially met yeah but uh it is great to meet you yeah, um you too yeah uh i saw i remember like you know i knew you were a dj um and a producer and then i saw you uh dropped your song in, in i think it was november um hi-ho and yep. I'm like well, shit, you know we we always need more uh uh EDM and stuff like that uh on breaking and entering uh so uh wrote 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 your song up um and yeah just been looking forward to getting to know you I know you just uh played the uh the Miramar welcome back show didn't you yes
1: yes I did that was an absolute honor to play that it was amazing yeah. yeah how'd it go it was great dude the the Miramar looks super cool all the upgrades that they did. I mean, the sound in there is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, it just looked really good. It was a lot of fun. Felt good to be home with everyone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet. Um, and that was with uh wolf Biter, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Big yeah, shout out to Sammy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a good
0: friend. Yeah. I really appreciate too. him for having me out on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's killer. Um, well, very exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so before we talk about everything that you have mm-hmm. going on these days, uh, so let's take it back. Um, so uh, are you in the house that you grew up in right now? No,
1: no. I, I grew up in Mequon, which is maybe 10 minutes north of where I am.
0: Oh, so. yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm Jewish, so I know a lot of uh, North Shore <laughs> Milwaukee people. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You go to Homestead? Yes, I did
1: but <laughs> I didn't grow up in your typical you know what you would think is a mech one you know I was in the old school part of the neighborhood oh, sure. you know the the ranch house oh, but yeah uh, but yeah I didn't I didn't move too far away Gotcha yeah sure.
0: okay so you grew up with mech one yeah um well uh to start um I would love to hear a little bit about uh the music that you grew up listening to you know what did you have playing in the house what did music what role did music play in your life uh when you're younger
1: I, I mean I felt like I was always the kid who had the headphones on you know looking out the bus imagining you know mm-hmm. doing music and playing music and performing um I actually grew up listening to a lot of rap and metal mm-hmm. you know and you know Slipknot uh all those type of people and I feel like that kind of translated nicely into the dubstep you know, had that heavy, you know, all the kick drums and the drums and bass and stuff like that. So made a nice transition.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of crossover appeal there for sure. Yeah. Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like I know a lot of people that went from metal to EDM. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I was just talking to a friend at work today because he was asking me the same question and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I really grew up listening to that stuff. And then when I heard it, it was like, oh, you know, I can get down to this because it's got kind of that same head banging, you know, energy, rowdiness to it.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. And it's, uh, very, yeah. It's a lot of, um, vitality, you know, yeah. that comes with it. It's, uh, yeah. It's very, um, just stuff you just feel to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that said, uh, so, so did you kind of start with the DJing? Like, is that kind of where it started or?
1: Yeah, I I actually started my senior year in high school, um, kind of just messing around with it. I, I walked into a Best Buy and I asked the guy, I want something that can do effects. You know, that, that was the whole thing, you know, making effects for music. And so I kind of tinkered with it and uh, just started growing it from there.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so tell me like... Uh, what your first couple times DJing were like, like, how did you, where did you uh, get started? And
1: honestly, I got started in one of my classes in high school, my senior year, I was, I had one of those classes where you basically just didn't do anything. Then I left halfway through the day. So I would bring, yeah, I'd bring my little effect thing in my laptop and I just sit there and tinker with it. And that was kind of where I started. And then I think my first gig was actually my first real gig was at the Miramar. So that's been my home venue.
0: Yeah. Damn. What a uh, what a um an esteemed spot to uh get your to, to begin your uh, endeavors with. Um, right. Like, what what was the like do you remember like what the occasion was? Like I I'm not exactly
1: sure. I think the show is called rumba ruckus or something like that. I know my uh, a buddy of mine, Tanner Dixon, who is also
0: yeah, a big shout out to you know, him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's a DJ. He went to Homestead too. So we, we were in the same grade and I believe we were in that same exact class together. So he's the one who actually got me on that. Cause he had all the connections to the other people, but yeah, that's how, that's how I got my first show.
0: Oh, uh, fun. Mm-hmm. Fun, man. Um, do, you, do you remember how you felt after that first show? Oh man.
1: Well, I mean, I only played in front of about seven people, you know, rightfully so being my first show, but it felt good. You know, it felt good to actually do it and then, you know, have it under my belt at least.
0: You had some fun then you go across the street to Oakland Euros and uh, you have a nice meal, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I used to live, <laughs> I actually used to live next to the Myanmar above the black rose and, yeah. uh, man, Oak and Oak is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, quite a, uh, a happening corner to live on especially during a show night yeah yeah (laughs) i live i live i was living there when icp came there like three three years ago (laughs) no way (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh boy yeah Yeah, you could hear that shit going on i'm uh, sure yeah so from then uh where would it go from there
1: um i kind of branched out to doing shows at the rave I met a guy who started booking me there, and that's kind of where I met other DJs like uh, Brian Tista. I met uh, Nate Noise Pollution, um, and then a guy from Chicago, actually Kenzie. He's uh, yeah, he's actually he's branched out into a lot of bigger dubstep things. Um, so I started playing shows there, kind of worked my way up to main stage, and that's you know that was the pay to play shows, which are you know quite frowned upon, but as a new DJ, you know, you're hungry for whatever you can get. And I built up a decent enough following where I could, you know, sell the tickets that they required. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where it went from my high school days. And then I went into like, you know, some parties in college and whatnot. And then from there, I transitioned into a little bit of the bar scene. So I did, places you know i harp trinity vagabond stuff like that whiskey bar oh yeah yeah
0: yeah i remember a whiskey bar
1: yeah yeah i actually uh me and my buddies uh sav and trappy meals two other djs we used to curate a night there called electronic mke so on thursday nights it would always be like the edm night and yeah yeah, the regulars didn't really appreciate it but you know (laughs) we we found our own little crowd and it, it was fun throwing the shows
0: bringing very cerebral music into like a, a place with like a dress code in it, you uh-huh. know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> nice fancy, you know, couch lounge areas and stuff. And then we yeah. set up our lasers and, you know, bang dubstep. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a fun time though.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Right on. But well, that's, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So how did you become D ski? Where did that name come from?
1: Um, it's actually a funny story in that high school class of mine, I was messing around with stuff and some kid came up to me and he was kind of teasing me. He was making fun of me. He's like, oh, you know, my last name's Dominski. And so he was just like, oh, Dski," you know, kind of talking shit. And I'm yeah. just like, hmm, I like that. You know, I'll, I'll run with it. So I just took it from there and, you know, getting made fun of gave me my name. It was perfect. Take that
0: fuck face right exactly
1: (laughs) i mean me and him we're he's a good dude we're we're still friends but uh but it was just funny him you know giving me shit and now i actually turned it into something which is pretty cool
0: that's how it happens man Mm -hmm. that's that's awesome Yeah. yeah like around what was the time like year wise when you really started getting into the scene
1: um oh man you know when i really started like making things happen the rave you know was good to make those initial connections to people. But I actually uh, managed a building on Prospect, an apartment building. And one of the DJs that I was friends with was like, hey, one of my friends lives at that building and he books the shows at the Mirmar." Lo and behold, Alex Martinelli was one of my tenants. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was his landlord for a bit and you know, I I hooked him up with a nice little parking spot, you know, and we started talking and whatnot, and just kind of became friends. And one day he offered, he he's like, "Hey, do you want to open up for Eptic, Must Die, and Schism?" And I was, you know, I'm like, "Oh crap, yeah, hell yeah!" yeah. So that was my that was my first you know real show at the Miramar, you know, because I did I did shows with like DJ Roz back in the day, you know, more of the pay to play shows, yeah. but yeah. um, that was my first
0: like real one what year was that
1: oh let me see i want to say it was in 2016
0: okay yes sure. got it yeah okay cool um yeah shout out to alex Good dude. <laughs> yeah yes so pre pre-covid you know before uh the world went to shit Mm-hmm. Um, where are you at with gigs? Like, were you, did you have like residencies? Like what, like, what was sort of your volume of like what you were able to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did shows at places like the harp. I was there. Um, I had a residency there. Uh, I'd be there maybe two, three times a month. And then I'd also play places like Vegabond. I curated a night there called Sound Assembly with my, the guys who did uh, Electronic MKE. Oh, yeah. And then I would do Trinity off and on. Um, I had, I had a residency at whiskey bar before they shut down. Um, oh, yeah. so I'd be kind of bouncing between those clubbish DJ yeah. things, you know, my heart's in the EDM and dubstep, but you know, that if I can hit these three times a month, you know, it's a, some good fun money to have.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And then I'd hit my, uh, I'd have the, the real shows, the dubstep shows, you know, here and there, whenever they come around when alex would hit me up or get into you know summer do a few festivals
0: sure yeah yeah awesome. um yeah uh that said uh what so tell me more about your producing like or when did that sort of get uh incorporated into the picture
1: um i i kind of started producing when i first started djing a little bit but i really didn't go anywhere with it because it was just like so much to take in at first i'm like this is crazy and then you know i'd say maybe just a few years ago i really started to take it seriously and you know start learning about stuff and this and that so maybe four five years ago i would say Cool. yeah
0: so um what have been some of your biggest influences like uh artist wise in like crafting like your sound
1: um i mean i'm still trying to definitely craft my sound but my biggest influence and anyone who you know would know me or has seen me knows that i am in love with fun case he's a uh, dj from circus records
0: oh cool I, I have not heard of him actually yeah
1: he's he's a big dude from the uk and mm-hmm. he's my absolute i mean idol I, i'm wearing his dpmo shirt right now which is you know his brand and now his new record label so Yeah, his, uh, the way he DJs his energy and everything, that's really what I resemble
0: or what I try to
1: emulate on stage.
0: Cool. Yeah. Cool. What was your, so what was your like first song that you ever released? Um,
1: my first song that I released, I think I had some really, uh, really rough ones. Um, I had a bunch of mashups actually that I started doing when I first had like my little baby DJ gear. Um, and that thing that I got in high school that I d- used effects with, I still used that up until you know I made the transition to CDJs. But I released um, a few songs, uh, probably four years ago, um, and those were kind of that had that was very early work. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so more of my more recent stuff would be like um, Rowdy is one that I think I put out maybe three years ago or so Sure, and that one kind of started finally getting my energy into it, you know, yeah. and it started to show a little
0: bit more of my production. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell me about HiHo. Like what, what was your inspiration behind that joint? I was actually up North
1: at the time. Um, and I brought my laptop up there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm to take this nice quiet time up North to, you know, make something loud. <laughs> yeah. And I heard that um, the kind of sample that the vocal sample that's in the song. And I just started building upon that. And it's funny what I had originally made up North completely changed, you know, and as it does quite a bit, you know, when you're making music, you know, one time it'll be this and a week later it could be different. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's kind of like where I was when it all kind of came to be. I gotcha. Yeah.
0: Like, were you like uh, in the wilderness? or something? Yeah,
1: basically. I mean, four and a half hours up north. Yeah, yeah. that was
0: <laughs> place called. Hey, Park that's Falls. a good, uh, that's a good
1: tranquility to create in, for sure. It is, you know, and that's what I really, you know, I, I really like going up there. I'm, I'm with my whole, my wife's side of the family and all, you got, thousand kids running around and stuff but when i get my little moment to myself i can you know put something together
0: yeah definitely like it's good to get away from some of that like hyper stimulation just to like be able to hear yourself like vividly take in like your thoughts and feelings and like you know your your creative energy and right to be able to bring that back into like a more urban environment is uh there's nothing quite like it. It's very exciting. Right. Yeah.
1: And you know, when I, when I write a song, it could be, you know, it could take me anywhere from depending on how much work I can put into it and you know, just the workflow, but being up there, there aren't a lot of distractions. So you can get a good workflow going and then kind of bring it back into my studio and polish it up a bit. Uh, hi ho actually, um, was mixed and mastered by Fun Case.
0: Oh, wow, man, that's yeah. tough.
1: Not a lot of people uh, know that, but I reached out to him over the pandemic because I saw that, you know, obviously the touring artists are struggling more than me, you know, who I have my day job still to go to. And so I asked him, I'm like, hey, would you possibly be interested in mastering and mixing this track that I'm working on? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So we started talking and I had, I had opened up a few times for him. So and I'd met him a few times, so we kind of had a little bit of a relationship. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool thing to have behind my
0: track. It was really cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Power of the DM, you know. Right, right. Uh huh. Yeah, dude. Right on. Uh, I, so he was like, uh, he came to the Myanmar and such, or?
1: Yeah, I think the first time he actually came to the Myanmar with Dirty Phonics, and I wasn't even opening there, but Alex knew how big of a fan i was so he's like hey after the show we can you know take you up and i i mean i could barely speak i was starstruck to say the least yeah um and then he came back to actually uh to play again and alex was like hey do you want to open for him i'm like is that even a question you know absolutely and so i got to open for him i think twice at the miramar and then once uh in madison
0: and at liquid oh tight cool um that's what it's all about. You know, like the, the, the community, the creative community you can build um, proximity just gets so, you know, uh, the, the lines get blurred with like what you can make possible thanks to right. social media and the interconnectedness of, of people. And uh, right. You so. know,
1: I always say like a lot of it is who, you know, I mean, you still got to be good. You know, you got to have yeah. something there invest in yourself you know (laughs) right exactly but you know it doesn't hurt to you know be the landlord of the guy booking shows at near or you know
0: (laughs) yeah what so like when shows like and everything all shut down when lockdown first hit uh a little over a year ago now um how did you first react like did you have like a lot like did you have shows lined up like where were you at
1: i actually had an entire month lined up um i need to shut down, I think, March or something. or
0: Yeah, March. Yeah, yeah
1: so I was supposed to go to uh, Belgium to go to Rampage, which is the wow. biggest dubstep and drum and bass festival in the world. Um, I think after we came back from that, the weekend, so we got back on maybe like a Sunday, that next weekend, I believe me and my buddy Sav were going to go out to Liquid to open up for Must Die, and... Uh the weekend after that, we were supposed to go to Chicago to see Excision's new tour.
0: Uh, so
1: basically everything got shut down. My whole month of dubstep was
0: just diminished. Damn, dude. Yeah. That would uh, yeah, that would have been a whole like odyssey of headbanging, auditory robotic bliss. But oh, yeah, sadly, uh we fucked that up. Right. Right that's a bummer um yeah yeah, speaking of excision he actually um kind of my intro i'm not like huge into edm but like Mm -hmm. i was pretty like i definitely was interested in it still am um but my intro to it was like i mean we don't like to talk about him now but you know Mm -hmm. base nectar was my uh yeah intro when i was like 15 or so yeah but then like We, I really got into it like, you know, more in college when my friends and I would go to Lollapalooza every year. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Excision at the Perry stage and just having a fucking ball. Even when you're sober, like Excision is. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: that bass alone and just his shows, his visuals, you know, they're unrivaled. Yeah. It's nuts. I actually, it's funny you said bass center because the, First time I ever heard dubstep was my cousin showing it to me in at my grandma's house. He's like, hey, check this out. He showed me, I think, a bass nectar song and a Rusco song. Oh yeah. And I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I did because I was coming, you know, I was still coming off of like listening to metal and rap. I'm like, I'm like, where the fuck are the words? <laughs> you know, I I'm like, okay, this is cool, I guess. And I mean, lo and behold. A few years down the road, I kept listening. I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess I'd get down to this and yeah. started getting, you know, with it.
0: We thought it was so such a, like, unique partying experience. Like, when we were in, I mean, we were still in high school at the time, but, like, you know, when we first heard, like, I remember Bass Head by Bass Nectar. That was the first dubstep song I ever heard. And That
1: really, was my first one, yep.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's, like, most people's first one. T- right, t- t- right. T- you know, Um. But yeah, like we thought, it was like the super like you know indie thing to uh-huh. to be excited about. Like like we were the first ones like to, to get to get our hands on it. Like you know, right, right. And show it to everybody. But over time, yeah, an entire uh, culture would be cultivated around it, and oh, yeah. uh, now. Mm-hmm you know it's it is what it is today right it's amazing like how you know people have entire uh festival families from around the country uh thanks to the base oh, yeah. and shit.
1: no i actually i always um well up until covid i would always go to electric forest and yeah. we have a whole group called Woogety and uh nice. yeah i mean you have a group got, chat <laughs> oh yeah big group yeah. Chat. We, we got people from canada from colorado um all over the place which is super cool and every year it gets bigger and bigger because you know these friends invite these friends and you know we take these big group selfies at electric forest and it's like <laughs> it's a big family though it's cool
0: oh yeah dude yeah that's that rocks yeah. I actually my friend is um getting married at electric forest in uh 2022 oh. i believe really or maybe it's maybe no no, it's 2024. It's gonna be okay. a while, but I, I basically promised her I'm gonna go. So
1: okay, maybe, well, hey, that'll maybe be. We'll, maybe I'll we'll. I'll see, see you there, other. Anthony. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. At that point, it's like that'll be the time where we can finally like look at a mask and just be reminded of the harsh past. Right. Know? It'll be a thing of the past. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Because God knows we we miss normalcy yeah Mm -hmm. i miss shows miss my friends right miss you know all the health like not worrying about all the health scares you know like
1: yeah you take a lot for granted you know yeah now that we had to go through all of it yeah i mean i get i get my second shot on thursday which would be cool then i'll be done and i can take a little worry away from it
0: good good luck uh yeah I got my second shot on thir- this past Thursday. And okay. uh, I recommend maybe not making sure you don't have anything important to do for the rest of the day. Uh, yeah, I got to play a show the next day. So <laughs> I was okay the next day, but that night I got hit with a bad fever and chills.
1: So. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll just rest up for it then. There you go. Your <laughs> uh, cool show up. must go on.
0: Yeah, drink drink a lot of water. You know? uh-huh. So, so the reason I ask um, about kind of what you had lined up when COVID all hit was so how did you end up sort of like staying busy during quarantine and in the pandemic?
1: Well, I mean, for me, a lot of stuff didn't change day to day wise. You know, I like I said, I had my day job, which I was considered it was considered essential because it was manufacturing. So I still got up every day and went to work. There was really no quarantine for me, which, you know, it was a two, you know, two sided sword or whatever, where I was I was very happy and lucky to have a job and have income coming in and all that stuff. But also I'm like, I'm like, man, all these people get off work. Ah, I lucky. Like, what could I do with that time? Which, you know, I would like to think if I had all that time that I, you know, would work on some more music and whatnot. But but, yeah, not a lot changed, you know, other than the obvious stuff that changed for everyone, um, you know, mask related and all that. But,
0: yeah. Did you have any, like, uh, virtual shows or, like, even gigs that, you know, like, during – did you have, like, gigs that were, like, limited capacity, some shit like that?
1: Yeah, I had a handful. Um, I did a live stream at Liquid in Madison. So, I traveled to their venue. They had full, you know, production, full sound – but, you know, what was funny is there was no one in the crowd. I was literally playing for a camera that was, you know, pointed, you know, far away from me. I'm like, all right, well, you know, still got to bring the energy and all that. Jump around, have fun because technically there are people watching. Um, so I did that. That was pretty cool. I did a, uh, a virtual festival. Um, bunch of other cool DJs were on that. So that was pretty cool. And I, I made a little setup in my basement where I had. Uh, I had a big TV behind me with some visuals playing off of YouTube. I had my little, you know, fog machine. (laughs) I, Because when I hosted shows at Whiskey Bar and, you know, Vegabon and all that, I accumulated a bunch of lighting and I had like a CO2 fog machine type deal. Yeah. So I added all that to my kind of home setup and I would play shows from there.
0: There you go, man. That's making it psychedelic. (laughs)
1: Right. I mean, I, bought, I even bought a green screen here so I could, uh yeah. I could do my most recent live stream. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to do it. You know, I'm just getting creative with your uh, virtual presence. Um, you know, right. it's, it's not the most optimal, but you know, some people have pulled it off and made it fun and yeah. uh, that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I went out to uh, Minneapolis to play Skyway theater, which was a huge goal of mine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm and it was funny because that show obviously like all of them are limited capacity and skyway theater is an actual theater so it's a two-tiered you know area and the whole floor is kind of at an angle and they had couches lined up all over that people could kind of sit down in which is you know, looking out and you're playing this aggressive, heavy music and see people just kind of sitting down going like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I hope you guys right. are really having fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I saw some other, like, I think in the UK, they were doing like those, like, uh like, uh, those, those concerts that were like, everyone had like a different little, like, uh, like a little platform where their group could hang out. It was, oh, it was yeah. like a, like those social distance uh, shows and- yeah
1: the guys there's a venue out in uh waukegan illinois they got uh called base station they actually built these you know metal little boxes for people for your kind yeah. of group to go into
0: yeah and yeah i mean that's that's cool i i probably yeah. wouldn't do that myself but i mean it's still like it serves its purpose
1: yeah i mean if you're if you're hankering to get to a show then yeah. you'll do what you need to do
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah. So all this said, uh, what are you working on now?
1: Um, I have musically, I have two songs that I've been kind of tinkering with. Um, you know, now having a kid that, you know, getting to work on music comes, you know, here and there, but when she's down for a nap, you know, I throw on my headphones and kind <clears> of <throat> get to it. Yeah. Um, if I can get those, you know, as quick as I can get those out, um, I would really like to start maybe working on a collab with some people. There's some producers that I really, you know, enjoy and would like to work with. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Right on, dude. Um, Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, having a kid is, you know, your life uh, is uh, entirely transformed, but it's still you. I think I, I would imagine, I mean, I don't have kids, but I would imagine that you would learn to really treasure the time you do get to work on music because you don't get, get it quite as often. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, any
1: free time is nice. You know, there's a, I think there was a comedian, I think Louis CK said that he loved that time between putting your kid in the car and walking to the front seat, <laughs> like your little, your little time of vacation, but, but yeah, you know, any nap or whatever that you can get, you've got to make the most of, which yeah. sometimes is napping myself. You know, sometimes I, I got to yeah. sleep as well.
0: Yeah, man, you need that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, so, Do you have any more uh, shows coming up now?
1: So like I said, I have the one that's coming up um, this Friday. That's actually going to be a live stream show that I'm doing for my buddy um Sav, his birthday. We're doing a little uh, electronic MKE reunion show. Cool. And then, I have a uh, a couple of festivals lined up, which is pretty cool. Um, there's one coming up in May called the Omni Gala. That's out in Loganville, Wisconsin, um, the May 20th through the 23rd. So I'm doing that. Um, I have another show that I'm hopefully trying to set in June. Um, and then Outlander Festival in August, which is up in Manitowoc. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, this there will be a uh, warm welcome back to uh, folks that have really missed shows, missed fests, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be a fun summer, man.
1: Yeah, with festivals, I think it's a little easier because it's they're generally all outside, so you know, with a venue that has to worry maybe about a you know capacity or whatever, festivals have a little bit more leniency. Yeah,
0: yeah. What's your favorite Milwaukee oh.
1: pizza, Anthony? I'm going to have to go with Lisa's pizza, which is
0: right on. Oh, uh, what was it? It's Oklahoma. very slept on, isn't it? it you know, is. not a lot of people know about Lisa's pizza. That's actually, right. actually, um, that was where uh, two girlfriends ago, that was the date where I asked her, I asked her out. Uh, was really? Lisa's pizza. Yeah.
1: Very nice.
0: And uh, it is very quality pizza. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I've been going there since I was a kid. You know, my dad knows all the people there. So we, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I asked because, you know, it sounds like you're on the east side a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a, so, there's such a, like, you know, influx of pizza. Oh, yeah. Um, on the east side. I mean, I love, believe me, I love Ian's a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, lately, I've been really fucking with uh, Wisconsin Pizza Authority. It's my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. Where are they located? I haven't even, I haven't heard of them. That one is, uh, it's only a couple of years old, uh, but it's across the street from Bel Air on water. So oh, right okay. on H- Humboldt and, uh, water, like okay. right where water starts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's right there. Uh, hmm. it's fucking great, man.
1: <laughs> I'll have dude, to try it, that out.
0: Dude, Anyone who's listening, uh, who's had Wisconsin pizza authority, uh, Please uh, please back me up here. Yeah, they know it's up. Yeah, dude. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, Hell yeah. Of course. So as we're closing out, I ask everyone the same two questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is, D-Ski, what keeps you up at night?
1: <laughs> My 10-month-old daughter. <laughs> or 10-month-old daughter, yeah. Yeah, she keeps me up at night.
0: <laughs> I kind of figured you were going to uh-huh. say that. What puts you to sleep? About five Jack and Cokes. Five Jack and Cokes. Okay. Put me um, to sleep. Yeah. No, that uh, was, <laughs> you know, that's a good nightcap does help for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, more, you know, thoughtfulness into that would be probably just having a healthy family puts me to sleep. That Knowing that, that's good. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. There you go, dude. Well, right on. Uh, yeah, thanks for once again. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, yeah, thank
1: you for having me. I appreciate
0: yeah. the uh, the write
1: up on my track. I appreciate being able to do this.
0: Yeah, you bet, man. Um, hope to see you out there on the scene uh, sometime soon. Yeah, we're getting there. We're yes, in there. aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for everyone watching, we'll be tagging uh, D Ski so you can check out his DJ work. Uh, his music uh he has a soundcloud. i'll be tagging um stay tuned for his uh the festivals this summer uh that he will be at and for festivals in general uh mm-hmm. i'm excited for uh everyone to be able to get back i mean i know we can't rush into it too much there's mm-hmm. still going to be some limited capacity i i get it but just to even be have a semblance of live music back will be very exciting yes um So, uh, thanks. thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time.